If you want to go ahead and take your Bibles this evening, go to the book of Mark. I tell you, I am excited about uh, the next several messages I'm planning for Sunday night. I'm going to start a exa- uh, series tonight on service. I meant to give a commercial for this this morning. I was all excited about it. I was going to get everybody fired up. Everybody would have been here after the promo I was going to give. But you know, and Brother Sean, you could probably relate with this quite a bit. I mean, have you ever got a message ready? And you're just thinking, you know, this is the one that's going to change the world. I mean, this is so good. I mean, you know, this is going to get preached and it is just going to shake things up and it's going to answer all life's problems and just, it's going to fix everything. And, you know, and then you kind of preach it. It doesn't really happen like you thought. But, you know, I was thinking about that before service and I thought, really, all of, I mean, if you're preaching the Bible, then, uh, all messages are like that as long as they're Bible messages. And so it's not so much about, uh, you know, just how you preach it or how you put the message together or really even what part of the Bible you use. It's just a matter of people taking it and personally applying it to their life and it's going to have an effect. And it's not necessarily the message, or I guess I, uh, I don't know how to word it, but it's not necessarily my sermon that's going to change anybody, but the Word of God will fix everybody's problems. The Word of God will make a difference. And so really, any Bible message can do that. And I thought, man, that's just the, I guess the attitude we ought to have every time. If somebody's preaching from the Word of God, hey, this could change my life. This could fix all my problems. This could, you know, that could be, that could be the message. And so, uh, you know, I said, I guess that this could fix everything. This could I mean just really get things going. As long as we take it and personally apply it and use it. And I the Lord's I've been praying for a while about uh, doing a series on Sunday night and trying to think about what to do and I um, and the Lord really spoke to me about this about service because it and being a servant and having that servant's heart. There there are so many things uh, that uh, we're going to be able to get into, and we're going to mainly be in the book of Mark, and we're going to look at Jesus uh, as the example of that. Jesus is always the best example for everything, and in the book of Mark, uh, Jesus is kind of portrayed as a servant, and we're going to uh, use some of the other gospels too in these messages. But I noticed I, I went and as I started preparing for this, I wrote down several key things that I noticed in the life of Christ. And especially in the area of service that uh, I've noticed in other people's lives, people that I admire, great leaders, people who I believe were great servants of God. And I've noticed that these people also had these same qualities like Christ did. And I thought that's what's going to make, that's how we can make the difference. We've got to have that attitude of being a servant. All of us, you know, we like the idea of figuring out how we can become the leader. Or be the person in charge and come out on top, but uh, that's not the way to go. We're supposed to be trying to be a servant. That's really the highest calling of anyone is to be a servant. And Jesus Christ, boy, He set the example for us. And that tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be focusing on Jesus's example, the Jesus Christ, the example that He set for us. As a servant, all right. Well, hopefully, we can get everybody in the mindset of these next several weeks of that. I want to be a servant. What do I need to do to be a better servant? How can I serve God in a better way? And the truth is, 
If you're going to be a good servant, you need to make sure that you have a good example. That you set a good example. Jesus Christ, He came to this earth wanting to uh, get some servants. People that would follow Him. And Jesus Christ did something that is so important for any servant is He set an example and showed us exactly how to do things. He showed us what to do. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to read a story here of the baptism of Jesus Christ. And it says, "...the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send My messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee." The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. I tell you, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about John the Baptist and a whole lot about the ministry of John the Baptist. But it really was an amazing ministry because it was John that prepared the hearts of the people to receive Jesus Christ. If Jesus would have just showed up one day and started preaching what He was preaching, it would not have went over at all. It didn't go over that good in a lot of ways, but it really would have been bad. John kind of prepared the way for Him. He kind of set things up for Him. He set the stage for Jesus Christ. And then really, in this story here, it's kind of, in a sense, the it's the beginning, it says, of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The beginning of the good news, but it really is kind of the ending of John the Baptist's ministry. And this is kind of the final thing that the Lord needed from John the Baptist. And in verse 5 says, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I, after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. John, he, this guy could get a big crowd. John was very, he was very popular. And John, when he was preaching, he said, hey, there's somebody that's getting ready to come that I'm not even worthy to serve in the smallest way. I'm not worthy to bend down and loose the buckle from his shoe. And boy, that's the attitude we ought to have when it comes to serving God. We act like, the Lord is privileged to have us serving Him. But the truth is, we ought to have the attitude, we are not worthy of this job. We don't deserve this one bit. I am not worthy to preach the Gospel of Christ. I am not worthy to scrub toilets for the cause of Christ. But thank God He allows us to do that. John had the right attitude. And then it says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Notice in this passage here that Jesus Christ, He got baptized. Now it might seem kind of weird because baptism is something you do after salvation. But Jesus, did He ever have a salvation experience? Was Jesus ever born again? Well, no, because He didn't need to be. Jesus Christ never sinned. He never. He did not need to be saved from His sins. I think proof that baptism does not wash your sins away and that's not what it's about is the very fact that Jesus was baptized. Jesus didn't need His sins 
washed away. But you know what Jesus was doing is Jesus, when He got baptized, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm getting ahead of myself there. There was a, I better, I better hold off on that for a minute. But Jesus, there was, there was a reason He got baptized. One, it was to set an example. But also, uh, there was, a, uh, there was something else that I think that was very key in that. But first, I want us to go over to Matthew chapter three and verse fifteen. Before I get into that, look at Matthew chapter three and verse fifteen. It's the same story. And he comes to be baptized, and John in verse 14 forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. What Jesus was doing here in the baptism is he was leading by example. Jesus Christ, He wants all of us to be baptized. That's the first step of obedience after salvation. He wants us to be baptized. And so Jesus Christ, He went and He set the example. He went and He got baptized. This is something I want my followers to do. I want them to get baptized. So I'm going to go and I'm going to start it off. I'm going to go and I'm going to get baptized. Jesus did things for the benefit of others and not Himself. That's the attitude we ought to have when we're doing things for God. It's not all about what's benefiting us. It's not about what's helping us. It's about other people. That's the attitude we've got to have. Jesus Christ, when He came to this earth, His entire ministry was thinking about other people. If He was thinking about... There would be, there was absolutely no reason for Jesus Christ to come to this earth for Himself. He was in heaven with the Father. He was he had the angels in heaven. He didn't though he didn't need to come here for himself. He didn't need that suffering for himself. He didn't need to go and, and be baptized. He didn't need to leave the, the throne of God in heaven to come and to be born in a manger on this earth for himself. It was for you and me. It was absolutely necessary for him to do that. For us, he was thinking about other people, and that's the attitude that we've got to have. That sometimes the things that we do as servants of God, it's not about what we get out of it, but it's about what other people get out of it. It's about not blessing ourselves, but it's about being a blessing to others. Jesus set the example for that. Jesus, he didn't just pick and choose what he liked or didn't like to do, he did it all. He said there in verse 15, he said, uh, Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. He said, all righteousness. He said, John, I'm here to do it all. Jesus fulfilled all of the law. You know, it wouldn't have been a big deal for him to leave out the baptism. No, he wanted to do all of it. A lot of the things in the law, some of the smaller things, he did every one of those things. And that ought to be our example to do as much as we possibly can to try to do it all. You know, to not have this attitude that I'm only willing to do certain things because I'm up here somewhere. These other jobs are for other people. We ought to be willing to do it all. That's what Jesus did. He was willing to do everything. Also, when Jesus was baptized, He was showing His agreement with John the Baptist and His teachings. That was why he, John the Baptist, he'd been preaching about repentance. And so Jesus Christ, when He came and was going to start His ministry, and He goes and He shows up there at, the, at John's preaching, and He asked John to baptize Him. All those people that are there watching what's going on, they are 
it was very natural for them to assume this guy agrees with what John's saying. That's a big part of what baptism is. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But what it's really about is it's identifying us with Christ and with His church. And when Jesus was baptized by John, He was basically showing everybody His agreement with what John was teaching. John had been speaking the truth. And Jesus is showing everyone. And he knows how He said, Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. He said, hey, this is, uh, this is something you've got to allow, John. This is going to help the message that we're trying to send out. This is something that, that this is going to help back up what you've been teaching. We're helping each other here. And that's the attitude we ought to have in the church that we're helping each other. Some of these things we do, it's for the benefit of other people. It's for the benefit of those that are watching us. That's why as a church, it's very important that we be careful that we don't, uh, that we don't go bickering too much about just pointless things. That we have that, that we have a united spirit and a united attitude because we want to make sure that we get the message out, that we send the message out that we are in unity, that we are here not, it's not about us. It's not about Liberty Baptist Church, but it's about Jesus Christ. It was John the Baptist that said, He must increase, but I must decrease. And so if we're gonna, if we're gonna have that attitude, that means sometimes we've gotta kinda, uh, get off our high horse maybe, and forget about, you know, just how things make us look and how things advance our cause and just say, you know what, I'm gonna just let some of these things go. Because I'm not interested in promoting myself. I'm interested in promoting Christ and lifting up Christ. And Jesus set that example. You know, it wasn't all about Him. Even though uh, he, he didn't have that attitude, even though it was all about Him. I mean, really, that whole baptism thing, that was a John the Baptist thing. You never see anything about baptism in the Old Testament. You never see a baptism in the Old Testament. That was kind of a John the Baptist thing. And yet Jesus, you would, if Jesus was like a lot of us and we were going to go out and make a name for ourselves, we're going to come up with something totally different. We're going to come up with something totally new that nobody else is doing because we don't want to look like we're copying somebody else. So we, that's kind of the attitude we have. But Jesus, that wasn't the attitude He had. He went to somebody that was lower than Him. He went to somebody that wasn't worth you know, that wasn't worthy to lose the shoe from off his foot. And he asked them to baptize him. Once again, just showing his humility just because he wanted to set the example. He was thinking about other people. So Jesus, he led by example with his baptism. Also, another example of Jesus leading by example is in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own, which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given Him all things into His hands, and that He was come from God and went to God, He riseth from supper and laid aside His garments and took a towel and girded Himself, 
After that, He poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith He was girded. Notice in the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The very first thing that Jesus did is He went and was baptized. He did the first step of obedience. He did the first thing that we're supposed to do. He did it to set an example. He did it for the benefit of everybody else. He was trying to show us what we're supposed to do. When somebody gets saved, the first thing they need to do is they need to get baptized. They need to publicly identify themselves with Jesus Christ and with His church. And Jesus, He goes and the very last thing He does to set an example. Remember, after really after this night, He was kind of in the hands of the Romans. Or He was in the hands of the Jews. And Jesus, He's got one more chance to teach His disciples something. You know, Jesus, He was so good at speaking. He was so good at telling parables. Jesus could have just went and preached them one more message. And I would think that that would be pretty effective. But Jesus didn't. He wasn't trying. He didn't preach a message. He went and He showed them something. And I can't even imagine what the disciples must have been thinking at this point. They knew who Jesus was even though they didn't fully understand everything about it. And Jesus Christ, after they get done eating, He goes, He lays aside His garment, He wraps Himself up in a towel, and He begins to do something that I know must have really thrown the disciples. And He begins to wash their feet. This is a very humbling task. I tell you, if Jesus was willing to do something like this, there should be nothing that we are not willing to do in His service. And it says, but notice that no one asked Jesus to wash the disciples' feet. You know, the truth is, a real servant, a good servant, they look for things to do. I mean, they're watching. They look and they try to see what the needs are. They try to find out what needs to be done. And then they go and they just, they just do it. They take care of it. You know, there's some people, they're experts at pointing out what needs to be done. You know, they'll come to the church, you know, Pastor, Pastor Tom, you know, what this church needs to do is this, and they can tell me everything we're doing wrong and everything that we should start doing. You know, and sometimes, hey, I totally agree. That sounds great and wonderful. You know, when are you going to start? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, this is for, you know, this would be a good job. Sometimes they'll say, this would be a good job for a teenager to do, or, you know, why? Because, you know, teenagers are better for those menial tasks. You're above them. I understand there's some good jobs, you know, that kids are able to do and things like that. But boy, we, if your attitude is that, you know, hey, I, I can't do this. I'm too good for this kind of job. You know, I'm, I'm worth more than that. That's a terrible attitude. Jesus Christ definitely wasn't like that. And he wanted, he was trying to set an example for us. We're supposed to be following him. But nobody asked Jesus to wash the disciples' feet. They didn't ask Jesus to wash the disciples' feet. And you know, we need to have that attitude as a church. We look around at the needs of this community and we look around at the needs of the people in our church and we shouldn't be waiting for them to come ask us. We ought to just see the need and pursue it. See what we can do about it. Jesus, he notice, He didn't ask other people to do what He was unwilling to do. But let's go ahead and read on in this passage. It says, of course, you know, He comes to Peter and Peter... Uh, you know, he, I think a lot of times he was trying to impress Jesus. And he goes, hey, you're not going to wash my feet. 
And Jesus tells him, He's like, if I don't wash, you don't have any part with me. And then he's like, All right, well don't don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. You know, once again, just I think Peter just trying to prove he was kind of the best one. But then in verse uh, we'll start reading in verse 12. It says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Jesus said, I, I was trying to show you something here. He said, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus said, I want you to notice. I want you to take note at what I've done for you tonight. I want you to see this. And He said, I want you to do the same thing for other people. Jesus did not ask them to do something that He wasn't willing to do Himself. We should never do that. A good servant will not do that. Remember, and I don't want to get too much I think in next week's message I'm planning on doing, but part of being a servant, one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to recruit other servants to go and do the same thing. Me and Brother Mez, we talked about this before. It's a great feeling when you can go help somebody without lifting a finger just by saying, Hey boys, you know, you go take care of that. And hey, you know the reason the boys are able to do that? Because you've taught them to work. You've shown them how to do some things. And you know what? Your boys are able to do twice as much because there's two of them. And you know, it's it's spread, it's it's moved on. Uh, in my dad's church, brother brother Steve Martin. Drove the bus there at the church for years. Brother Schaefer, you know him. Drove the bus for years. Years and years. Uh, I don't even know how many years. I mean, yeah, he drove uh, the bus when my dad was in Spring Valley for five years. And he had drove a bus from another church before that. Before we even knew him, just drove a bus for over 30 years. And just faithful. I mean, just faithful, faithful, faithful. And now, he has some health things going on. He's not able to do it anymore. But you know what? His son's still doing it. His son drives the church bus, and his son. I mean, uh, he's kind of had. He has the same attitude uh, as his dad. He's just, you know, he's an easygoing guy. He is just faithful. He doesn't, you know, complain. He doesn't ask a whole lot of questions. He just does it. And you know what? He's able to do that because I believe that he's doing what he's doing because of the example that his father had set. He set that example for him. He showed him how to do it. And even though Brother Steve's not able to do it anymore, that work is continuing. And that ought to be our goal, that whatever it is we're doing, we can only do so much by ourselves. But if we can recruit other servants, then that work can double, triple, even more. But here's the thing though, if you are, you cannot ask other people to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Otherwise, they are just going to look at you and think, well, I just want to be a big shot too. And let me tell you, when you start getting a whole bunch of big shots, especially in a church, you've got problems. Have you ever heard the saying, you know, too many chiefs and not enough Indians? It's a problem. And a lot of times it's because the leadership is requiring things of people under them that they are not willing to do themselves. And we should never we should never do that. We need to make sure before we ask something of somebody that we've done it ourselves, that we understand what we're asking of them. Have you ever worked a job before and somebody asked you to do something? And you're like, do you realize what you're asking me to do? Do you realize that it is impossible to get that done in that time frame? No, you don't realize it's possible because you've never done this before. 
And it's like that boss that just comes in, they get, they promote him right off the street to management. Nobody likes him because he's never done the job. Uh, maybe, I know in the military, some of the officers that, you know, they start out in the higher ranks, you know, nobody likes them because, uh, you know, they've not worked their way up and that's just kind of the attitude that we have. You like people that have been there that have done it before. I think it's good to have presidents who were in the military. I mean, if they're going to be the commander in chief, It'd be nice to have somebody there that's the one that's going to send people into battle, somebody who's been in battle before. I don't know, but I think that, you know, and it's pretty sad too when a war hero gets beat out in an election by somebody who's never seen any type of action. But that's something that's, that's another subject there. But Jesus Christ, he did not do that. He did not ask his disciples to do something that he was not willing to do himself. Nobody could stoop lower than Jesus Christ did that night. Washing the feet. I mean, what a what a humbling job. Can you imagine you know, washing somebody else's feet? I, I wouldn't enjoy that one bit. I promise you don't want to wash my feet. It would not be a pleasant experience. And uh, But Jesus, He did it. He did not do anything that He was not willing to... or ask people to do anything that He was not willing to do Himself. In verse 15, He said... For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, notice this part, because this is what everybody's looking for. It says, happy are ye if ye do them. Alright? So here's the thing. Remember, I was, I was thinking about this tonight. I thought, man, if everybody listens to this, this is happiness. This would be. This is the secret to happiness in the world. Everybody's looking for happiness, and Jesus said, "If we will basically wash other people's feet." And I know it's more. Than, listen, you know, if you're having some you know depression problems and things, you know, if you just go wash somebody's feet, that doesn't mean all of a sudden, boom, everything's great. But it's this. It's this attitude. This attitude of of service to others, of thinking about other people. That and that's why. It's so good to you know to go to the nursing homes, go visit people in the hospitals because one of the things it does is it gets you to quit focusing on yourself. You get focused on yourself, you're going to be miserable. There's people out there that are worse off than you. I know we think our problems are the worst in the world, but they're not. There's people out there that are struggling, going through things that you can't even imagine. And if we would get more focused on other people and their needs like Jesus did, Okay, when he's in heaven, obviously he didn't really have any problems, did he? He came to this earth. Now, when he came to this earth, he had all kinds of problems, and he knew that would happen when he was on the cross. I mean, that was a pretty big problem. That was a tough. I mean, that was a horrible load to bear there. But he was able to do that because he was thinking about other people. And Jesus said, "If you'll do this, you will be happy. You can't be focused." On yourself. Jesus did not feel and Jesus did not act like he was above this humbling task. Jesus didn't go to Peter and say, Listen, Peter, you are the leader of the disciples. You are you are the main one, you're kind of the, the top dog here. I want you to go and wash everyone's feet to set the example for him. I do it myself, but I'm above that. No, he didn't do that. In fact, that would have kind of that would have kind of ruined the illustration right there. And you know the thing that's neat about this too 
I think one of the reasons Jesus did this, when you read through the Gospels, they were constantly having debates and discussions on who was going to be the greatest. And you know, Jesus never really answered that question for him a whole lot. And then I think what he that night though, he decided I'm going to finally answer this question for him. You want to know who's the greatest? It's the one you're, it's the one who's serving. In Matthew chapter twenty, uh, verse twenty seven and twenty eight, Jesus said, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So let him be, if you want to be chief, be, let him be your servant. These guys want to be the boss. Jesus said, you need to be the servant. You need to be the one that's willing to serve. And then he uses himself as an example. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And I tell you, there, you know, there's a, we've been talking about scorners going through the book of Proverbs. There are a lot of scorners out there. Sometimes you just got to leave these people alone and let them let them be stupid. But you know, I get I get so aggravated when I hear people talk about, well, you know, what kind of God is that that you know goes and throws everybody in hell that doesn't worship Him and throws everybody in hell that doesn't listen to Him. If you don't follow me, you're not going to go to heaven. People they get they get all mouthy and stuff. It's like you have no clue what you're talking about. You have no clue about the situation you're in. You are in. You do not have any clue about God. Jesus Himself said, hey, I didn't come to be ministered to. It's like they think Jesus came to this earth just so He could have a whole bunch of people follow Him and worship Him. And first of all, these people are foolish because they don't realize that it's a privilege to follow Christ. It's a privilege to worship Him. Jesus Christ didn't come to get followers and to get people to minister to Him. Jesus came to minister to us. He came to this earth for us. And the truth is, Pete, there's just many though that they refuse that service that Jesus has given them. They refuse it. Have you ever tried to do something kind to somebody? You try to do something for it, no strings attached, and they just didn't want to have anything to do with it? They weren't interested? That's how many people are with Jesus Christ. But Jesus, He didn't feel He was above this humbling task. He went, He did it. He said he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. What an example he set. So not only he set the example with his baptism, he set the example with the washing of the disciples' feet, but also he set the example in the carrying of our sins. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four says, "Who his own self bear our sins in his own body." On the tree. He bare them. He bore them. He, he carried, not his sins, he carried our sins with his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. That beating that he took is what healed us. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. I mean, what an example Jesus Christ did. I mean, not just the washing of the feet, not just the baptism, but the dying on the cross, the carrying of our sins. Jesus Christ did that for us. He did that thinking about other people. He set the example. And we ought to be willing as Christians to share the burden of other people. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Jesus, or the Bible says, "Bear ye one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. So fulfill the, the law. The law of Christ. Jesus Christ, He's given us a law. He gave us a law that we ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we fulfill that law. We fulfill, we continue the work that Jesus Christ did when we carry other people's burdens. Jesus Christ carried our burden of sin on the cross. He did that for us. He didn't have to do it. Nobody asked Him to do it. He did it voluntarily. When we look at others we ought to, and we see the burdens that they're carrying, we ought to be willing to carry, help carry those burdens, to help them to, to share in that burden. We're continuing what Jesus Christ did in our life. And then verse 3 says, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Why wouldn't we bear somebody else's burdens? Well, that's that's their own problem. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm, I'm better than that. I'm above that. I'm sorry, but if you think you're too good to serve in some area, you think you're too good to be a blessing to other people, to carry somebody else's burdens, the only person you've deceived is yourself. You've got it all wrong. The way we fulfill the law of Christ is by being a servant. Bearing other people's burdens. I mean, just think back in you know back in the old days. There was a time where people they had they had servants or they had slaves, and they could just go tell them, "Hey, do whatever." And that servant, he'd just have to go along. Maybe they'd be traveling, and they'd carry their supplies and things for them, and they just go along, just serving whatever they told them to do. That's that'd be pretty lowly, isn't it? It's pretty humbling. Have you ever heard of? You know, back in ancient times, they had the whipping boys where if the prince would get in trouble and needed to be punished, they had a whipping boy where his job was to take the punishment for the prince, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But can you imagine if that's your job? I get beat when the prince gets out of line. I mean, well, that's, that's, not, that's not real exciting. But boy, you know, that's the attitude that we ought to have with people. Hey, these people are struggling. They're suffering a little bit. I'm willing to take some of that on for myself. And really, what kind of, who set the perfect example for that? Jesus Christ. He saw that we were on our way to hell. He saw that we were going to die in our sins. And he said, you know what? I'll take that punishment for them. I don't want them to have to go through that. I will do that. We ought to see the things that people, other people are going through. And if there's a way that we can relieve that burden, we ought to be willing to step in and maybe even get hurt a little bit. Because we're thinking about other people. That's what Jesus did for us. Hey, it's been done for me. I want to pass it on. I want to do it for somebody else. And the truth is, the more we humble ourselves, the more God will lift us up. The lower we are willing to go, the higher God is able to take us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. I love this passage of Scripture. I think it's one of the most exciting passages in the Bible. It says, Wherefore He saith, when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now He that ascended, what is it, but that He also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. You know how low Jesus Christ went for us? He went to the lower parts of the earth. He went to hell. Not we've talked about not necessarily the fiery part of hell, but he descended into the 
lower parts of the earth. He went down there and He got them Old Testament saints. He went and got them captives and He led them out of there and He took them to heaven to be with them. He ascended into the lower parts of the earth. He went as low as you could go to get those people. And then in verse and verse 10 it says, He that descended the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. How high did He go? Well, as high as you can go. To the throne of God. You don't get any higher than the throne of God. He was able to do that because He went of how low He went. He was able to go that high. In verse 11, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. So you think, well, maybe you're interested in moving up. Maybe you want to get high, but the way that you're going to get high is you're going to have to go low first. How high do you want to go? Well, it's all going to be determined on how low you're willing to go. What are you willing to do for other people? How much are you willing to serve? Are you willing to serve your entire life? Maybe in an area where you get absolutely no earthly recognition? Maybe you're not even not appreciated by one person? If I believe you do that, you're just where God wants you, doing what God wants you to do. That's when God can use you. That's when God can raise you up. Jesus Christ, the Bible said that God hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no name above the name of Jesus Christ. The reason there is no other name above the name of Christ is because no one went lower than Jesus Christ ever did. And so God hath highly, He hath highly exalted Him. And that's what He's looking for from us, from His people. People who are willing to get down low. People who are willing to do something for Christ. Who are willing to be, not the leader, not the chief, but willing to be the servant. Jesus Christ set the example for us. And we've got to set that example for other people. We've got to show people how it's done. Jesus said... If you do these things, or if you know these things, happy are ye. Not if you know them. Happy are ye if you do them. Okay, so we know these things. So if we will do them, God says you're going to be happy. You're going to be blessed if you do these. If we do these things as Liberty at Liberty Baptist Church, if we have an attitude that we want to serve others, we want to be a blessing to other people. We are willing to go low. Or I mean, we're not just going to try to. You know, minister to the rich people because all that they have to offer. I mean, we're willing to minister to the lowest of lows. We're willing to reach out to the drunkards and the drug addicts, and we're willing to do reach out to whoever we can. We're willing to serve the poor as well as the rich. We want we're willing to do both, and then God can use us in a great way. Then God can exalt the church. If we try exalting ourselves, we're not going to get very far. We try promoting ourselves. We're not going to get real far. It's God that needs to promote us. And we've got to set the example because that's when what we do can continue on into something greater. I mean, just think about Jesus Christ. That, just that short time, that, His ministry, it was only about three and a half years. 
three years that he but look at the impact it had. You know why? Because he showed people how to be a servant. He showed people what to do, and other people picked up on it. His disciples picked up on it. They went out and they did those things. They Jesus I mean he was he was impartial about it. Notice Jesus washed the feet of all the disciples. That means he washed the feet of Judas, who it says in that passage that Satan had already put it in his heart to deceive the Savior. Even though Judas was planning on uh, not deceiving, but betraying Christ, Jesus still washed his feet. Even though just a short time later, Peter was going to deny Christ three times and Jesus knew it, he still washed his feet. We've got to be willing to be a blessing to people that are maybe going to be a curse to us. That are going to do us wrong. That's what Jesus did. And He set that example. We've got to continue that. We've got to pass that on. We live in a society today where we're seeing less and less of this. It's because there's there's no examples. The world's not going to figure this out from other lost people. They're not going to figure it out from the politicians. They're not going to figure it out from Hollywood. It's up to us to set that example. So, we can all stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.